Thanks for tuning in to The Big Idea. I'm Michael Anderson. We've got a great show for you today. I'm here with Tom Spence. We're going to be talking about graduation season. It's that time of year. We hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You can save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847. Welcome to the program. Congratulations to all of you graduating seniors. It's been a wonderful process, and as life goes, this is a cycle that is a very special time, and it's important to take stock of that and celebrate and enjoy that. And as you consider what's next, there are moments in time where it's good to reflect. It's good to think about what the possibilities might be. It's good to think about what you've done and where you're going. And there's certainly a lot of gifts that are nice to celebrate with those friends and family members that are graduating and going through these cycles. And the first thing I want to mention is the the idea of what gift is a good gift for a graduating senior. Now, often we think of a book or cash or a card, and I think those are great. And I, I think what I'm going to recommend here is two books that I have enjoyed that I think are wonderful for a graduating senior, be it high school or college. And in this case, um, the book that I'm going to re- recommend, the first one, is by Jack Canfield, and it's called Success Principles. It has 52 short chapters, and each of those chapters is a success principle that will help you in your life. And uh, you may remember Jack Canfield from those books, The Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul, a very popular series, but this is one of his books, The Success Principles, um, available everywhere books are sold. The other one is a travel book. It's called The Bucket List by Kath Stathers, and it's 100 Adventures, Big and Small. And it just is one of these books where you get ideas about different places to go and things to do while you're there and really opens your mind to thinking about what's possible and what you may want to experience or even just reading about it is nice to know um, that there are some fun ideas that are out there. So those are the two books that I would recommend. In addition, you may want to throw some cash in there because that's always nice. Um, But the idea of the practical with knowledge that you'll want to learn more about and the idea that uh, there's a big world out there that you're ready to explore. Uh, so that those are a few ideas. You know, life's funny that there are cycles and there are special times. Graduation is certainly one of these special times. Um, you think about other areas in your life when you're getting your first big job or when you're moving to a new location. Big, big moments. Uh, maybe when you're getting married is another very big moment. When you're having a child, a very big moment. When you're retiring, a very big moment. There's a death in the family, a very big moment. There are moments in life where it is very important to reflect and uh, appreciate the the magnitude of those events in your life. And uh, so certainly graduation is a wonderful one. Congratulations to all of you graduating seniors. Uh, big moments. Well, let's take a look at this generation. We're talking about Generation Z. Now, these Generation Z was born from 1995 to 2012. And you think about people in that age, this is a class where they're digital natives. Ever since they were born, there were things in front of them that were digital. 
whether it was the internet and the smart TVs, smartphones, tablets, they've had these their whole life. A few more things. They're going to be continuous learners. Over the next 50 years of their working life, think about all the advancement that technology is most likely going to have. It's robots and artificial intelligence and the idea that you may be done with school now, but continuous learning will be a part of your life. As things change, you will need to change with them. And you're a digital native, so that likely will not be too challenging, but you have to be open to formal education being done, but continuous learning will definitely be a need. And they say that Generation Z relative to millennials is more of a pragmatic and a realistic generation. So they're different than the millennials that were more of an optimistic generation. So that's pretty interesting. And I think, uh, I think those are a few fascinating tidbits and things to think about with Generation Z. We're retiring the boomer part. Are you actually an X? I'm right in the middle of X. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not quite, I'm right on the bubble. You're on the bubble. I, I'm solid right, uh, maybe on the latter end, but I've, I'm, I'm a boomer. I'm a boomer. And that's boomer. What I said. And everybody always thinks. I, I love this stat here. Uh, there's a great article here about Generation Z. The first one is an argument that everybody will have forever. 77% of Generation Z members anticipate working harder than their previous generations did. I will uh, answer that with this. Get over it. I might have had issues with my dad. My dad worked his butt off. I would never say I worked harder than my dad, although I worked very, very hard. It's relative to. I don't know. In <laughs> so, some ways. So I th- I'm throwing the penalty flag on that one. <laughs> I think they're referring to millennials. Generation yeah. Z anticipates working harder than millennials have been working. Then that's a really nasty thing to say to millennials. But that's a great point. That is a great point because uh, maybe that is the one, uh, the lagging generation, although I did not say that. Uh, Maybe that's a possibility. But I, again, my dad worked his butt off, and I think I've worked very hard through my times. Most of my friends did too. So harder is always harder when who's doing it? When you're doing it. That's one of the things. Uh, Here's really interesting. 88% claim to be confident about their future, which is good. Go, yeah, that you know, is good. They don't seem to be moving forward in fear, which is very nice to hear. And you think about how important confidence is nowadays. I mean, to have, uh, you know, to be confident and to do whatever you're doing and know that you're doing it well is, is a very special gift. So I think good on you, Generation Z. Yeah, it's nice to know that that's there. But only 42% say they are happy. That's another one my dad used to comment on the whole idea of, of being depressed and not clinical depression because that's horrible. But uh, depressed, he said, you know, when, when you're going into World War II, uh, there's things to look at. And the, he was so busy and there's just so much going on. He said the idea of that kind of sad depression just didn't exist. He said he couldn't recall people saying things, oh, I'm bummed out today. He just, it didn't exist when he was a kid. Now, were people clinically depressed? Absolutely. But this idea that uh, I'm sad, I'm bummed out, that's another one I think all of us have to get over a bit. Understand, is it depression or is it just a bad day? Right, right. And what's the delineator there? Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating, too, the, that there are so many different things that go on now. When we talk about happiness and the ebbs and flows of that and how they're registering, how they're unhappy in this moment, 
But a little later in the day, maybe they're happy. They see something on their social media feed that they like, and now they get their dopamine and they're happy. We're reading uh, some statistics. There's 18 statistics about today's Generation Z, and uh, there's an article on fairygodboss.com. But this one, Spence, says that on average they're using five screens and they're switching among them from different purposes. So you think about the smartphone, the TV, the laptop, the desktop, the tablet, five different screens and they're switching among them almost simultaneously. That seems overwhelming to me. Very but, much so. Considering when I was a kid, we had one black and white TV for many years in the house. We didn't even have two TVs. That's for the whole family. Yeah, for the whole family. So we were concerned. It was four people on one screen as, uh, as opposed to four people having five screens. And they say the millennials, they had only three screens. Look at Sadness. this. Yeah, look, look at but this. Isn't that, isn't that remarkable? Because right now I can have my television my iPhone and my iPad, certainly, and my computer. Wow. Yeah. So that right there, there's four possible screens. I've got my computer, I've got my iPad, my phone, and I've got my TV. Yeah, we were watching, uh, was it the Super Bowl and also the Masters? So these were big events on television. But we also had the website up, and they were uh, we were checking that out on the laptop. And then on the phone, we were checking the scoreboard. And then on the tablet, there was also another feed from a different whole location. So you have all these screens going at once, and you're just – I guess, simultaneously multi-entertained. How about the eight-second filter? What's that? This one's spooky. They have an average eight-second filter to gauge whether something is worth their attention. That is not the same thing as a short attention span, though instead it's the amount of time, according to the article, that they spend on average determining whether to engage with something. Now, here's one of the issues with that. There's been many, many great things. Uh, you look at when The Godfather was produced. At first, they were saying, oh, this is terrible. This is awful. This is not going to work. This is going to bomb. But as it built, it became one of the greatest movies of all time. There's so many things in our lives. If we just gave it that quick view, TV shows like Cheers, All in the Family, Seinfeld, all were under the axe when they first started. But that th this is brilliant. And people got it. So I usually give myself a little more than that. It takes, I'll sit with something for a while, uh, let's see, but eight seconds. Eight seconds, man. If you can't entertain it right now, then we're on to the next thing. That's not even an elevator speech for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eight seconds is really, oh. They're going to shrink that eight, that elevator speech. has got to be a, I need your five-second elevator speech. Yeah. It needs to be good. Wow me. Yes, yeah, do go now. now. Jeez, that, that is... Um, I don't like that stat at all. You know, it's fascinating. So the, it's to me, they're saying that's not a short attention span. Mm -hmm. They're just saying it's a filter to see, yeah. okay, is am I entertained to, to be investing more of my time now? You got 80 seconds before I pass to the next thing. Even speed dating gave you like a minute or so. But you, you think about this, though. In their world, they got all their screens. They're f scrolling through social media and Instagram, swiping through stuff. They're watching bunches of videos on YouTube. Uh, you know, th it's like, if you don't get me now, then I'm gone. But it's a world of catchphrases instead of depth. I, I, I'm very concerned about it because I love a good catchphrase. When something grabs your attention, it's, it's great. But sometimes there could be a thing where you, you kind of stew in it, you steep in it, you know? Yeah, I guess what I would say to that, I th and I'm, think, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here, but I think that if there's a channel they subscribe to that they enjoy, that they know and they enjoy it, 
they'll give them a little bit longer lead time than the eight seconds. It's mm-hmm. like I know, you know, I know this is gonna be good because their quality is good, but I, you know what I'm saying. I think if if there's a longer credibility there, but uh, but it's fascinating. I guess they're consuming a lot more material as well. Yeah, all off the top, boy. Um, that's uh, I'll get over my 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 troubled soul on that one. I'll <laughs> let that one go by. How about this one, Spence? They say. 72% of high school students here say they want to own their own business someday. They have the entrepreneurial spirit. And another stat that's in this one on the, uh, on the poll, on the questionnaire, we found out that Ventura County, uh, $81,500. We actually rank rather high in the country as an expensive place to live and what you need to survive. It looks like the kids here... They want a mean salary expectation first job at 46799 Now, that's decent pay if you're 20, 21, 22, and you can build on it. Oh, certainly. You know, that's, if it goes up percentages, if you have opportunities for raise or increasing your, uh, your, you know, your level of income, that's a good solid income. And if hubby and wife get married and they each have that income, suddenly you're just under 100 and you've got a good future, good possibilities. So that's bold. I, I give them uh, credit for that. But there's a chance you might have to start a, a little under in certain areas. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense to hopefully have you know room for growth because not everyone's going to be able to earn that right out of the gate. And hopefully you'll be able to find a job that you know will start you start you lower and grow you higher. And that's. That's a better scenario. I think that's how most people do it. You know, you're not you don't start out of the gate at a high salary, but the expectation of Generation Z is is up there. Yeah, it's quite high, and that's that's a lot of cash. They think that uh, science and technology can solve the world's greatest problems. Agree? Yeah, you know, I, it's fascinating because I I think in some ways you you think of the younger you know the younger generations and how they're sometimes some naivete there where you know idealistic to think that we're going to solve all of these problems with a few you know advancements in science or technology and while it's possible maybe you know the the reality is the probability is it's 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 hard it's harder than you think you know it's not so um, I'm not sure that I agree with that. And we're talking about Generation Z, statistics mm-hmm. about today's Generation Z. They're graduating. So here's an interesting one. More than 22% of people between the ages of 13 and 21 report making money online through sites like Etsy or Amazon and other digital platforms selling goods or services. How about that? That's uh, also very impressive. And I'm jealous. Because I'm not using that tool at all. And I see some of the kids doing it, and good for them. That's, and the, uh, the they, world is flat. I mean, they can mm-hmm. do it. They're selling to people all over the world, yep. um, and they're selling for, for prices that, you know, I guess they're making money here. But the other side where that did become a problem, the unintended consequence of that, I had a friend who used to work here, and he was a huge Star Wars fan, huge. He had a storage bin, one of the big ones filled with minted, unopened Star Wars stuff. It was worth so much money that he could buy, literally could have bought a house in Ventura County with what he had. The internet came in and all of a sudden those arms and tentacles reaching, he realized that, and everybody else did, oh, there's a guy in Kansas, in Texas, and everybody had this stuff. So the bottom absolutely plummeted. He ended up getting like $10,000 for stuff that was worth a fortune just because 
the world view of everything, oh, so it's not that hard to get because the guy in Kansas can now talk to somebody in New York, somebody in L.A., and it's like that. So there's the other side of it, too, for that type of thing where uh, the world becomes very, very large. And you think, oh, I've got this old record that I bought when nobody has this. Then you see it online for 85 cents. And you go, oh, okay. And that's just one of the things. But I do love the fact that money can be made off this and also that the kids are doing it. Good for them. Here's 60%, 6-0, say they want their jobs to impact the world. That's a large percentage, 60%. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, when you, I guess they want to make a big impact, and that's great. That's great. But, uh, but that's difficult to do. It is difficult to do, but I would rather them go out with that thought in their head so a, a few of them actually do it. Uh, what was a great song um, 10 years after? I'd love to change the world, but I don't know what to do. It was a rock and roll song from the hippie days. Many of you might know it. But there is a problem with the kids if they get so beaten down, oh, there's nothing, it's impossible. But these kids seem to at least have the urge, and that's where it all starts. So yeah. I love I love that faith that they have. That is good. That's for your 20s. and your yeah. 30s, yeah. I wonder what the percentage <laughs> love goes to. change the world right now. It's like, oh, man, I don't even want to change a garbage bag. <laughs> you know, it is. It's rough. But the kids go in with that thought in their head. At least a few of them are going to do it. That's good. That's right. We don't want to stifle that yet. No. You know, they'll figure it out for themselves, and that'll be a good thing. Um, how about this? 76% wish they had their hobbies as their full-time jobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> How and, do you so and they want to impact the world and they want the hobby to be the full-time job. What else? Oh, and we want it to be $46,000 a year or more. Find what you like to do and try to do that for a living. And there's a lot to be said about that. Like my my favorite thing and I I went through I, I love working out. I just love working out. But generally, you're going to make 8 9 10 12 15 bucks an hour at a gym. That's just the bottom line. That's the way it is. Now, maybe you can come up with your own gym, do a CrossFit thing. Maybe you can do that and become the guy that makes a lot of money. But generally, what we really like to do, you've got to be very clever, very, very clever to uh, make the money. You just hope you find something you sincerely enjoy doing. Oh, yeah, that, definitely. That's Rather than just like, what's a hobby? You um, Well, I had a good friend. He, he rode bicycles. I said, hey, you ever think about a career in, you know, in bicycles? And he says, you know, no, no, I don't because that's my hobby. I enjoy it. And if I start having to go to work and do it all day, every day, and now I'm sweating people you know, coming in and I need to work on this many bicycles and it's not hitting the numbers. And now on the weekends, guess what I don't want to do? Yeah. I don't want to go ride a bicycle. And it's the same with some friends that are in athletics, you know, some that are work at golf courses because they love golf and then they become a PGA professional teaching. Next thing you know, they're not playing any golf because that's what they do for work. And it's like, I got enough time here dealing with other people um, on this hobby. Now it's not my hobby anymore. Hey, how about this? 38% say they believe work-life balance is important. Gosh, this is a good one because, you know, coming out of college for me and uh, I definitely recognize I got some good training and read a few books that were phenomenal. Again, this Jack Canfield Success Principles book was great, but it was very much work-life balance is, is, is important. I, I've always felt that way, that you want to balance what you're working hard for. You know, work is work. But life is life, and you need to make sure that you know what you're working hard for. And as long as you have that in check, that'll be important. You don't want to be the person that's working 100 hours a week, and you know, and then you just 
It's like you're just so engulfed in it that you don't have anything anymore that you're working hard for. And I think a lot of life being stolen and kind of taking a different uh, look at it, child stars. I think a lot of times it seems like such a grand thing, but then when they turn 18, 19, 20, and they look back and they realize they didn't have that that part of life. And I think that steals too. So a lot of things, uh, people that get so wrapped up in something, it's like, you know, it, it can be difficult. It can be a rough go. And I, I'm experiencing that right now myself, and I really have to pick my times uh, to go out and make sure I have fun with the kids, make sure I have fun with the family. Or you'll look back and say, cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. You know, you realize you've been with your kid for 18 years, but you've never been with your kid. So the, the life balance, especially with family, that's good. Keep that thought, kids. On average, they're spending between six and nine hours a day consuming media. Boy, that's a lot that's of a media. Lot. That's a lot of time. And what kind of media? You know, that's uh, is man. That's that's any uh, fake news in there? Maybe. Yeah, fake news or things. Confirmation that, bias, maybe. All of that. Yeah, that's um, a lot. I did watch a lot of TV when I was a kid too, so I, I can't attack him too much on that. Um, I had a lot of screen time. Just a few more here. They say ninety-two percent go online every day. Twenty-four percent say they are online almost constantly. True. You've got your, I, I find myself looking at stuff at a fairly regular rate. 79% believe they can find a job within five months right after graduating. You can be working. Hey, for all of you graduating seniors out there, we do have one final clip we're going to play um, for today's episode. And it's something that is a wonderful commencement speech that was given. But this is by Buzz Lerman. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own meandering experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they fade it. But trust me, in 20 years, you'll look back at photos of yourself and recall in a way you can't grasp now how much possibility lay before you and how fabulous you really looked. You are not as fat as you imagine. Don't worry about the future, or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Don't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Floss. Don't waste your time on jealousy. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind. The race is long, and in the end, it's only with yourself. Remember compliments you receive. Forget the insults. If you succeed in doing this, tell me how. Keep your old love letters. Throw away your old bank statements. 
stretch. Don't feel guilty if you don't know what you want to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know still don't. Get plenty of calcium. Be kind to your knees. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or what other people think of it. It's the greatest instrument you'll ever own. Dance. Even if you have nowhere to do it but in your own living room. Read the directions, even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. Get to know your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings. They're your best link to your past and the people most likely to stick with you in the future. Understand that friends come and go, but with a precious few, you should hold on. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle, because the older you get, the more you need the people you knew when you were young. Live in New York City once, but leave before it makes you hard. Live in Northern California once, but leave before it makes you soft. Travel. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise, politicians will philander, you too will get old. And when you do, you'll fantasize that when you were young, prices were reasonable, politicians were noble, and children respected their elders. Respect your elders. Don't expect anyone else to support you. Maybe you have a trust fund, maybe you'll have a wealthy spouse, never know when either one might run out. Don't mess too much with your hair, or by the time you're 40, it will look 85. Be careful whose advice you buy, but be patient with those who supply it. Advice is a form of nostalgia. Dispensing it is a way of fishing the past from the disposal, wiping it off, painting over the ugly parts, and recycling it for more than it's worth. But trust me, on the sunscreen, 